Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. Cancel the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call now, 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. Listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. And today's show is going to be really fun. Why, Bruce? Well, we got one of my old friends and a, and a basketball pioneer from the 1960s, played with the Warriors in the 60s, coached him in the 70s, worked in the front office in the 80s, still involved with the team. Edward, 56 years later, Al Adels. And he's going to talk about this current Warrior team and compare it to some of the great teams of yesteryear and some of the great teams more recent vintage like the Bulls of the 90s with Michael Jordan so it'll be fun to talk to Alan he's got some great stories about the likes of Wilt Chamberlain and Oscar Robertson and Jerry West too yeah he's uh, been on our show before but last time he was on the Warriors were not quite as good as they oh, are now boy, I mean, they, are... they were doing well but not I mean nobody's not as well as us no cover of Sports Illustrated uh, they won two games recently in overtime in the final seconds I mean they're just having an amazing season and it's it's a lot of fun to watch I think even people who are not from the west coast are paying attention to what Steph Curry and this team is doing it's fun well it's amazing when you go to other cities and see how many people are wearing warrior gears and rooting for them it reminds me a lot of the Michael Jordan phenomenon of the 1990s when everybody became uh, a big Chicago Bull fan because they wanted to be like Mike because you know the guy was special so when you have that Special athlete, he kind of transcends, uh, you know, fan loyalties, and, and uh, you don't worry so much about the color he's wearing. You worry about just watching him and seeing him play, and, and you root for him. Yep. Poetry in motion. There yeah, especially that, uh, that game in overtime. Fortunately, I DVR'd it, ah. and I was smart enough to add an extra hour. Good idea. Because I've missed that before. Good idea. In fact, I missed the uh, sixth game of the World Series with the uh, – Philly, I'm trying to remember. It was Texas Rangers and oh the Cardinals. And the Cardinals. That was a great game. Yeah, and of course I I it went so long yeah. that my DVR stopped. I think the Cardinals were down to their last strike. Yes. twice or three times, yeah. something like that. And, and I had to watch it on amazing. the uh, on the highlights. Okay, yeah. uh, this uh, at each commercial break we're going to ask a sports trivia question, give away some uh, uh, vacations, and the theme is going to just be miscellaneous sports trivia. All right, this segment of Sports Econ 101, sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments currently yielding over 8%. Check them out, PacificPrivateMoney.com. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. I'll be right back.
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at pacificprivatemoney.com. Sports Byline's library of more than 12,000 interviews is a treasure. I'm Ron Barr, and we want your help in protecting, sharing, and continuing to build this sports interview treasure. We've launched a GoFundMe campaign, so please go to sportsbyline.com funding and donate so you can be a part of preserving and continuing to build this unique collection of sports interviews. In appreciation for your donation, support, and telling others, we're going to provide everyone who donates with a link to a special commemorative collection of the Sports Byline Interview Library. This commemorative collection will change every month, and you'll have access to it with your supporting donation of any amount. So go to sportsbyline.com funding and also tell your friends. You'll be helping preserve, grow, and digitize the Sports Byline Interview Library so that today's sports fans and those in the future will forever be able to enjoy this treasure. Thank you for your help and support. Real estate investors, do you hate the idea of being a landlord? We get it. Investment property repairs stink. But did you know that you can earn a high rate of return without being a landlord? That's right. You can make $750 a month on a $50,000 investment property and never repair a roof, water heater, or toilet. The secret to real estate cash flow with no repairs is owner financing. Buy a single family home for $50,000 cash, do $25,000 in rehab, and resell it with owner financing to a qualified buyer for $99,900. You will make an amazing 12% rate of return, and you never have to do a single repair to the property. If you want to enjoy real estate investing cash flow with zero repairs, contact texascashflow.com slash discount. Respond in the next 20 minutes for a $1,000 discount off your first real estate investment. Again, that's texascashflow.com slash discount. Texascashflow.com com/discount Want to stay in touch with your favorite Sports Byline USA network hosts? Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sports Byline USA. You can also see the latest news in the world of sports, learn about upcoming contests and giveaways, plus catch up on guest info so you never miss a moment with the biggest names in every sport. Football, basketball, baseball, MMA, and more. No matter where you are in the U.S. or around the world, you can stay connected to the host and fans who love what you love. So check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Byline USA. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. I'm sorry for laughing, but who's on the phone? Oh, we got Al Adels on the phone, the former Warrior coach, former player, former front office uh, guy, and of course now the longtime ambassador for the team has been involved with this team. I don't think there's anybody who's been involved with a pro sports franchise in any sport for over 50-some-odd years. And Al, your association goes back to a, an earlier time when the team wasn't even in the Bay Area, and you got to play along your good buddy, uh, Will Chamberlain, we've talked to you about uh, your association with Will and his kind of larger-than-life character, a caricature that a lot of the, the, those of us in the media have kind of, you know, painted him as a certain type of person. But he really was a, a fascinating guy. Can you can you talk a little bit about Wilt and and what he meant to the game at that time? I've never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was laughing. Never heard of him. He said the same thing about us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he was the absolute best. He was that. But I tell you what was great about him. For as great as he was as a player, 
he was a much better person. Mm. He was terrific as a person, and uh, he was a caring person. And, you know, it was a time that people, you know, looked at him as just a, an outstanding player. But he cared about people. He cared about his teammates. And he cared about the game. He really, really cared about it. And uh, it's unfortunate that uh, the only thing that surprised me about Will, the only thing that surprised me about Will, is that he died at such an early age. Mm. Uh, Maybe that was because he lived such a a, a large life, though, literally and figuratively. I mean, it uh, it wasn't as large as people thought. Mm. He was a caring person who really, really cared about the game. He cared about his teammates. And... He, he would say things that people never thought he would say. For instance, the year he averaged, what, 50 points a game. And and his teammates, all we wanted him to do was score. And he would say to you, look, don't worry about me scoring. Don't worry about me scoring. He said, we're going to do everything we can to win the game. And don't worry about you know what I get or what I don't get. I only want to be concerned about winning now. Obviously, we wanted to be concerned about him scoring because the more he scored, the more games. Sure, sure. But, but but he was just such a great person. And like I said, and I say it, you know, in uh, in all honesty, that the only thing that surprised me uh, was when I got the call that he, that he had passed because a teammate of mine in college was his high school teammate, so we were very very close. And uh, the only, like I said, the only thing that surprised me because he had a sickness mm. that anybody knows that he had, and uh, it was just a surprise to all of us. Wow. wow. Well, you go back as we mentioned to the '60s, and and that was a different time when there, when the game on the pro level there were only about twelve teams, and the way the Warriors are currently playing in some respects reminds me of the kind of basketball that you guys played, where there was a lot of sharing of the ball, a lot more of an emphasis on defense, you know, spacing the floor, finding the open man, a lot of passing. I remember it kind of reminds me of that that movie Hoosiers where Gene Hackman's playing the coach, and he goes, you guys will pass it six times before you take a shot. It almost has gone back to that, hasn't it, Al, with this current Warrior team? It's sort of, they've almost revolutionized the game and turned it back into what we, we used to see. Well, well, I don't like to make comparisons, but I do compare that team. Uh, the fact that there was only one thing that we cared about, and that was trying to win the game. And I can remember, I grew up in New Jersey, which wasn't too far, uh, Newark wasn't too far from Philadelphia. And I would go home during the summers, and uh, my, my friends and classmates in the hall would say, you know, you need to shoot more, you need to do this more. And I would say things to them in a nice way. When I see your name on my paycheck, I won't pass the ball to Will. And until I see your name on my paycheck, I'm going to keep passing the ball to Will. Well, well, here's a, here's an interesting thing: is you know, uh, the game seems to have changed from the standpoint of you know player salaries and all that. And well, exactly. Yeah, I think I, I, see to me that kind of stands out. You know, back back in your day, it it really was more of a team thing. I don't think guys were thinking as much as, gee, how many endorsements can I get if I you know exactly. score that many points? Well, I think I think you had so many outside now that you didn't have back then. The, and, and, and it's not to say that it's wrong now, because I think both teams did the exact same thing. You want to try to win, but you have so many uh, extenuating circumstances back now that you didn't have back then. And I think that, you know, for instance, uh, you didn't have the coverage like we had. For instance, we had a, uh, maybe eight or nine games on TV back then. Now every game's on TV. So it's a lot different now. 
Now, what's better or worse, it's not important. What's important is you do whatever's necessary to keep your team on the right track. And the Warriors are doing a terrific job. And the one thing I don't like to do, I don't like to make comparisons. You know, what we did back then was one thing. What they're doing now is great, and let's let's keep doing it because I think it's great for for the, for the players and it's great for the fans. So let's keep it going. Well, it's kind of hard to compare. You know, the the well, great hard. great greatness of of, uh, of Wilt to the greatness of Curry. There's about a uh, almost a foot and a half difference <laughs> between them too. <laughs> Well, and you played with you played with and against you played with Wilt and with with Rick Barry later coached Rick and then of course had to guard people like Oscar Robertson and and Jerry West and and of course at that time you had Bill Russell was in his heyday Bob Cousy was still around I mean so many great just, just fair players just fair players yeah. but it seems like every every team had, yeah, oh no you know and, and like I said I don't like to make comparisons yeah. but what was good was what happened back then and what's great is what's happening now and. You know, I think the players that they deserve the credit that they're getting. I, mean, I just think it's great, and and I think if you look at the great players back then, who is, who we still are in contact with some of them, they, they they're still appreciative of what they did, but they also appreciate what's going on now. Mm. And I, I think it's great, and I just hope that we can continue. Well, you you got to figure thirty, forty years from now, people are going to you know talk about LeBron James. You know that uh, even there was, there's, yeah, exactly, yeah, and and you know, I've never heard of, and, and and Jordan, you know, is already it's only been what twenty years, and obviously but, he's but still. That's talking. the great thing about the sport is that it keeps changing. And I, I I'm, I'm, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, and I was a big baseball fan. In fact, I could from my my classroom, I could see uh, uh, New York and the whole nine yards, and and I, I remember some of the great players, and uh, I became very very close to. Uh, Willie Mays when we moved out here, and uh, you know, it, but it was yeah, I was a big baseball fan, so I thought I was going to play baseball until the curveball got me, and then I said maybe I need to go to another sport. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, at, at that time too, getting into into the major league level at that le- there was there were fewer jobs available, and there was still an unspoken quota in the 1960s. I mean, when you joined the Warriors, I think. Most teams tried to have at least no more than two African American players. Wasn't that pretty much the unspoken quota? Okay. Well, yeah. When I got there, it was three or four, and okay. put the, they had they had uh, Will Chamberlain, obviously that guy Rogers who was my teammate and my uh, my class, my roommate, and then my other roommate was Andy Johnson. And it was and it was four four African Americans. But what happened is it, it was a different era. And, and, you know, the one everybody did is you went on and you played as hard as you could play and you just, you know, saw where you, where you ended up. But, but now it's a, it's a different situation. But the most important thing is that everybody's on the same page and you're trying to do one thing as a team and they're trying to win. And that's so important. You, you know, I wonder if, uh, you know, instead of the reason being the, the race thing of, gee, we, we want to limit, um, uh, you know how many people can be in the league? That you know that sort of thing. I think it was they. They may have looked at it and saw how good you guys were and said, "No, they're going to have an advantage if they have too many black people on there. So we're going to we're going to limit them so they don't have a, they don't take advantage of us." <laughs> well, I don't think that, I don't think that uh, the managers cared about that. All they wanted to care about was winning. And, and I remember I remember talking to a good friend of mine, Willie. You know, we talk about it often. I, I remember talking to Willie because, like I said, I thought I was going to be a baseball player until a curveball got me. And I remember, uh, you know, talking to Willie about it. And I said, Willie, don't you ever 
you know, you get concerned about them throwing curveballs at you. And he said, no, he said, what happened is they dust me off. He said, but I'd get up and then hit one out of the ballpark. And then he said, they stopped throwing at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's more the fastballs that, that are more scary, but the curveballs will uh, get, get you every time. Okay, we're going we're gonna to cut to our first commercial break here. Miscellaneous trivia is our, uh, our uh, theme. Okay, which teams lost the most Super Bowls in the 1980s? Okay, mm. we're looking for three teams. The first email with the correct answer is going to win a free three-day, two-night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. Email edward at sportsecon101.com the answer to this question. Which teams, which three which three teams lost the most Super Bowls in the 1980s? And don't <laughs> touch that, though. And, Al, when you when we come back, we're going to let you answer that if you, if you know. I know, right. I know. I know it's not baseball, but that's okay. You'll, you can still answer it. <laughs> All right, stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan and our friend and guest, Al Adels from the the old San Francisco Warriors. That's right. And they'll yeah. be the San Francisco Warriors in the not-too-distant that, future. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Al, then you got to put your uniform back on. Yeah. Okay. We'll, but, but we'll, I, I can go back to Philadelphia. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. Go. That's true. We'll be right back. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall and Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall and Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall and Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall and Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again. 800-480-5708. Attention catheter users. Stop reusing dirty catheters. Catheters are now disposable. Recent changes in Medicare now allow patients up to 200 disposable catheters a month. All at little or no cost to you. We bill Medicare. Put an end to the mess and risk of infection by using old catheters. Just use a catheter once and throw it away. Eliminate trips to the pharmacy and insurance paperwork. Shipping is free. Receive a free catheter sample by calling and joining Medical Direct Club right now. Call 1-800-399-9018 to receive your free catheter sample discreetly delivered right to your door. That's 1-800-399-9018. 1-800-399-9018. Call 1-800-399-9018 today. Deductibles and copays apply. Free catheter samples require qualified membership. Sample will arrive with 90-day order. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? 
but it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit, but you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. When we cut to the first commercial break, we ask this trivia question. Which three teams lost the most Super Bowls in the 1980s? Al, well, do you know the answer to that? <laughs> no, because any time team that I rooted for lost, I didn't think they were ever going to lose again, so I never thought about <laughs> it. Well, I know Denver lost three times. It's the old thing, what have you done for me lately? That's exactly. right. Okay, Denver. Yeah, I know Denver lost three times. I know Miami and Cincinnati also lost that, twice. Those, there you go. That's, yeah. that's the answer. There you go. Because well, I know that the 49ers beat Cincinnati twice, twice and they beat yeah. Miami once. Right, yeah. 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 Said, and Denver, Denver lost three times, and that Washington, was uh, yeah. yeah, three times for John Elway until finally he you know, found the magic in the 90s. And they against Green Bay. Third time was the charm, or fourth time, actually, for him. Well, growing up in New Jersey and with Madison Square Garden and the uh, Empire State Building right across the, from my classroom, I, we, didn't, we didn't think about it very much. <laughs> there you go. So we have on the uh, phone the old Philadelphia Warriors, That's as he right. reminded he us, uh, Al Adels. Drafted by the Philadelphia Warriors. In, was it 59 or 60, Al? 1960. 1960. Wow. The year I was born. Been with the organization ever since. I, I was born, too, but <laughs> yeah. you about to tell anybody. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, I, and Al, of course, played back in the 60s, coached in the 70s and into the 80s, and then worked in the front office, and now has been in a, an official uh, community ambassador. But, Edward, you had a, a point that you wanted to get. Uh, yeah, off the to. air, I, I was uh, mentioning, we were talking about the Warriors and how uh, – Steph Curry had had what looked like a pretty severe ankle injury. I know he's kind of young. If it happened to me, I'd be out for about nine years because of it. But um, uh, there were two questions I was going to ask you. One was specifically, Al, you know, have you ever had a serious injury? Because I I don't – I'm trying to – I knew – I watched you play – because I was even though, even though I was young, I was, I was still watching you play. But I don't remember specifically if you had any like super hard injuries. But then in just looking at what Curry went through, it looked like you know he could definitely be out for a long time, and potentially he might come back only after missing one game. And you were mentioning about you know players not wanting to to talk about how their injuries are. But then I mentioned <laughs> about how foolish they might look if they're really injured and how bad that's going to be for the team. Unfortunately, back then, you were very concerned if you were injured because if you were out for any period of time, you might not ever get a job. You make yeah. because they, when I came in, there were only eight teams in the league, and you know jobs were were were, were at a, a limit as to how many teams uh, had players. So and no player unions to protect you. Oh no, no. So many <laughs> times guys were playing with injuries. I and, and and if you go back, you guys are too young to know this. Go back to years you used to see guys with bandages all over, and now you don't see any all huh. over because guys were playing injured all the time. But now, uh, mm-hmm. one thing you found out is that if you play injured, you're hurting your team. So what you want to do is hopefully get back healthy so you can play. So it's a lot different now than it was back then. 
Boy, one guy that always epitomized sort of the Iron Man quality of player back in those days, I remember, was Jerry West. And we didn't know until later that Jerry West had an unusual medical condition, a, a rapid a heartbeat, uh, irregular heartbeat, and it apparently it never deterred him. He went out and played. And now it's, it's kind of funny. He was an architect of, or helped to build along with Phil – not Phil Jackson, but with uh, – I'm trying to think who the coach was. Paul Westhead and then later, of course, uh, Pat Riley helped to put together some great Laker teams in the 80s. Right. And, and again, now he's been a, a, a chief advisor for your club, the Warriors. Uh, you know, do you have any good stories about Jerry West? Because you must have gone up against him a lot back in the day. Well, unfortunately, Jerry and I came in the same year, 1960. And uh, I played against him a lot more than I cared to have played against him than uh, we, we used to have, but there weren't as many teams in the league, so we played quite a bit against each other. And uh, you know, there, there happened to be a, a guy that you guys never heard of, who was a fairly decent player. His name happened to be Oscar Robertson. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oscar may have been even better than Jerry. <laughs> At least an Oscar will tell you that, though. That's one thing I love about Oscar. Did they call him the little O? Yeah. No, no, no. It was the big O. Yes, yes. You got tired of playing against that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he'd score what forty points a night sometimes. Well, 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 the thing about him that was. Played all the time, played every minute. So, and yeah. you would think, well, maybe you guys are gonna get a rest out here. And then the first quarter, he might get three or four baskets or whatever. But he used to end up averaging maybe thirty. So you knew, mm-hmm. oh, if he get two or three baskets in the first quarter, and maybe a basket two in the second quarter. If he had, if he had ten points going into the fourth quarter, and he was averaging thirty, that meant he's gonna get twenty in the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> well, did, didn't he? Didn't he average a triple double for a season? Yeah, he, a, a lot of them against me. Yeah. <laughs> but you knew how to that, think about Al. He knew how to defend people. I mean, if well, I, well, well I, but, but see what you have to understand. Okay. Okay. I, I'm at best six foot six one. Maybe six one. Oscar was six five then. Wow. And uh, we used to go, look for a lot of help playing against him. I mean, we used to call guys. Will come help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to hear a funny story about Jerry West? Okay, this is uh, I, I met him for the first time at uh, the, the, I guess when uh, Joe Lake had been first taken over, uh-huh. and and it turns out just co- total coincidence that a guy who worked for me um, actually played at a rival high school of Jerry West, and nobody wanted to guard Jerry because of, of how good he was in high school, mm. and so this guy who worked for me, who was probably only about you know five nine maybe he goes I'll guard him. Right. And and he goes, yeah. And so when he found out I was going to go, you know, talk, meet Jerry, he goes, yeah, ask him if he knows Zeke from Cabin Creek. Because oh, wow. a, a lot of people didn't know that was that's, his nickname. Right. That's it. That's it. And, and then he and then he's and so and he was telling me a story about about, you know, how Jerry had had just absolutely decimated this guy. Right. Oh, and yeah. so so when I meet Jerry, I said, hey, uh, Jerry, I go, do you need do you know Zeke from Cabin Creek? And he just kind of gave me one of those smirk <laughs> smiles. Right. And so I said, yeah. So my guy. uh who works for me? Uh, he worked. He, he went to the uh, rival high school, and he said he he guarded you, and he, he scored forty points against you. And and he just kind of looks at me, and he goes, "I don't think so." And I go, "Oh no 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 no, that's right. You scored forty points against him. Yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah, the story." There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm Zeke from, from Cabin Creek. Yeah, oh my it. goodness! I imagine that happened to to quite a few guys. Well, fast forwarding it out to, to 1975, you had been the coach of the team for about four years. The team had lost some key players. I, I don't know if our some of our longtime fans might remember this, but Nate, the great Thurman. Uh, well, let me let me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. We didn't lose 
late. No, that's right. Late was traded. That's right. Contract. That's right. Contract. He was he was Unfortunately, making. Unfortunately, see, Mister Mueller, who was the absolute best. Yeah, the owner of the team. Call me in, mm-hmm. and and he and he said he had he's gonna have to let Nate go, and and making too much money. He and I had gotten into a discussion about it, and he and he the last thing he said to me, he said, Alvin, I can't afford it. And 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 all my all my argument went out the window because I said, if if he if he tells me that he can't afford something, then my argument I can't argue anymore. Mm-hmm. But but he was really honest with me, and he said he just he just didn't have the financial wherewithal to do it, and it was financial. And so I went to Nate, and I told Nate I said, you know Nate, I don't want to get into in the contract you know discussions, but your agent is asking more. From Franklin, Franklin can afford. And Nate said, "Well, let me talk to him." And that was, and, but but it was it was a contract dispute. And that, and, but Mr. Muley was very honest with him. Mm. I can't afford it. And, and if somebody tells you they can't afford something, then your argument goes out the door. Yeah, yeah. You don't do much about it. Yeah. Well, he's well, honest about the, it. Yeah. The, the thing was, you brought in Clifford Ray, and and in some respects, it was actually. A good trade in the sense that Clifford was younger. Uh, you matched. You you kind of split the the center with George Johnson, and he was more of a kind of a. Well, he fit in your your. I don't your, like to make comparisons. Yeah, but but it was a different <laughs> situation. Nate was a great scorer and rebounder, and 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 Clifford was not close to the score Nate was. But we had a guy by the name of Rick Barry, who you may have heard of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you should, know should have won the MVP that year. That's true. Well, yeah, yeah. I, but but it was so political back then and whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I don't like to make comparisons, but uh, we had a terrific team. And, you know, I, I don't like to, you know, make that comparison because it's like people say, well, you know, you won because Nate left. No, that wasn't the reason we won. Who, who, won, who won the MVP that year? Uh, Bob McAdoo did. Oh, McAdoo. oh interesting. Yeah, with yeah. the Buffalo Braves. Yeah. But you had, you know, a pretty young team. You had Phil Smith and, oh, and well, Keith well, Wilkes, rookies. You yeah. had, a, you know, you had a bunch of unknowns. You know, guys like, well, Chris or uh, Jeff Mullins wasn't unknown, but he was past his prime. Charles Dudley, Derek Dickey. Well, it, it, what it proved, it proved that if you get a group of players who are all on the same page and they're only concerned about one thing, winning and they're not concerned about who does what they're only concerned about winning and you know rick was our best player period and the report there was no question about it and the players were all on the same page and there was no jealousies and that's why we won and i you know it's not a knock on other teams or other players but you know we were concerned about our team and that's why we won now, you know uh, al i gotta tell you one of the things i love about guys in your era is this this humble spirit you know it it, it it's just such a different thing i mean now guys nowadays you see, you see a lot of these players and they, they just don't have that well, they're, they're looking for endorsements <laughs> and it's you know it's well, the old i think he yeah. has so many outside influence yeah. Now. yeah i mean i can remember and you know I, I i can write a book about this but i won't because you know somebody knocked me in the head or something <laughs> but, but i can remember I, you know that growing up in new jersey I'd go back home during the during the, during the uh, off season you know I, I lived in newark which wasn't too far from philadelphia and I go back home, and then when we played out here, I'd still go back to New Jersey. And and all your friends would tell you what they want you to, what you should do. Oh yeah. Got a million coaches, and they all, but they all are concerned about your bailiwick. And they say, well, you know. And, and one of my favorite stories was, why do you pass the ball to Will so much? <laughs> why do you pass the ball to Will so much? 
and and I, and, I, and I relay the story all the time. I said, when I see your name on my paycheck, I'll do exactly what you yeah, do. Exactly. Right, hey, right. Al, Al, stay with it with us uh, just for a little bit. We have to cut to one more commercial break here. Okay. All right. Uh, here's another baseball. Here's a baseball question for you. All right. What two players share the mark for the most home runs in one season during the 1980s? All right. The first email with the correct answer is going to win that free three-day, two-night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. And uh, that's our question. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. Enjoy a striking destination with extraordinary landscape melding the offerings of valley wine tasting, outdoor recreation, and renowned spa treatments. Embrace the warm and unsurpassed beauty of California's Livermore Valley with a stay at one of the best Livermore hotels available. Our premium amenities and wonderfully comfortable suites are what make the Purple Orchid Wine Country Resort and Spa stand out among the many hotels in Livermore. Enjoy private fireplaces, jacuzzi tubs, and delicious breakfasts during your stay with us. We will also guarantee guests will feel relaxed and rejuvenated during their visit when they take advantage of our extensive spa that offers a number of revitalizing treatments and packages. One of the most centrally located Livermore hotels, the Purple Orchid Wine Country Resort and Spa provides guests close proximity to all of the best attractions available. Take in the natural beauty of Livermore Valley, enjoy the many local wineries, or taste some of the delicious restaurants in the area. There is something for everyone to enjoy during their stay. www.purpleorchid.com or call 925-606-8855. That's www.purpleorchid.com or call 925 606 8855. Are you wasting hundreds of dollars each year on contact lenses? Would you like to see clearly again without reading glasses? LASIK treats only the surface of the eye and is healthier and safer than wearing contact lenses long term. Dr. Robert Lin had LASIK himself and still sees 2020 and has performed over 40,000 LASIK procedures over the last 18 years. Find out more at iqlaservision.com. That's iqlaservision.com. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com, your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent. So email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan, my co-host. 
Here was the second trivia question. What two players share the mark for the most home runs in one season during the 1980s? I'm going to say one of them might have been Andre Dawson. Yes. Yeah. Very good. And the other one is the guy from Atlanta. No. Uh, No. Who? who, Detroit? No, who had a... I remember going to the last game. Uh It was against Kansas City, and they purposely walked him just so that he wouldn't hit uh, number 50. Jeez, now who would that be? Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire. <laughs> Mark McGuire, that's right. For the, yeah. yeah, that's right. He hit uh, for the A's the last part of the 80s. 1987, I think. 87 or 88, yeah, yeah. Well, Al Atlas is joining us. Al, we, we haven't talked anything about this current Warrior team other than just to brush briefly on, on their wonderful accomplishments. But, I mean, you've watched a lot of basketball. And, and they're being, you, as you mentioned, you say you hate to compare to other teams. But, I mean, what they're doing right now, is it, is it kind of – even stretching your the bounds of credulity as far as you're concerned? I mean, are you saying to yourself, wow, I didn't, I didn't see this coming? Because I don't think too many of us did. Well, well, the one thing I pride myself in is I don't like to make comparisons because if you get me to make comparisons, I start with one guy, and his name happened to be Will Chamberlain. So after that, I don't want to make comparisons anymore. And then there was a guy named Nate Thurman, so I don't like to make comparisons with a guy named Rick Barry. Sure. I don't like them. But this group, I think you got to give them credit for what they do. They really, really are in a good place there, you know, uh, Curry and uh, just the whole group. So, I, I, you know, I, it's just a pleasure to go watch them play. And, and, and for, you know, uh, of course, the people who come now, they maybe don't have any recollection of the old days, but, you know, it's like Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth hit the home runs and was out of there. But but then, then Willie came and some other people came. And you just have to enjoy for what it is now. And I, I really, really uh, you know, enjoy going to watch them play because they play the right way in my mind. And I, I just think it's just great. Yeah, you talk about Steph Curry, you know, that cold-blooded shot he makes from just <laughs> inside a half court the other night against Oklahoma City. I mean, that was getting on the to the point of ridiculous. I mean, it's almost like this guy has – you sort of expect him to, to, to go out. He puts on an, an exhibition before the game and then during the game he even outdoes himself uh, with... Yeah, it's almost like he was trying to make it. Yeah. <laughs> There's one problem I think you have with the fans. They think it's easy. Mm. Yeah. Now, now, well, he makes it look so easy sometimes, <laughs> doesn't he? Though? Maybe because he's being guarded. If, he, if he, nobody's guarding him, maybe it would be harder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but here's what you do with those people. Take them out on the floor, mm-hmm. give them a ball, and say, now you try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of them can't even reach the pass. Yeah. So, Al, how, how do the uh, current players, uh, you know, sh- talk to you? You know, do, do they ask you advice? Do they, oh, do they revere you because I, of the position? I'm, I'm very, very careful about that because what happens is the one thing you don't want to do, you don't want to ever try to impact what's going on now with what happened years ago. And so you, you, you appreciate it and you, you understand but the one thing you don't ever want to do is try to get between what's going on now and what went on years ago. Mm, well, you know, I, I enjoy going and watching, and I, you know, I, and I applaud them. But I have no, uh, no inkling of trying to, you know, impact what they're doing now because the first thing they'll say is, "Well, how good were you guys?" <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's well, right. I mean, you were close to what we're doing now. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, but as a coach, though, I mean, you did coach a championship team. I wonder. Well, I mean, uh, but, you know, Kerr is doing a great job, but I wonder, you know, inside, do you ever but, kind of? But but you have to be very very careful about that. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, what you did when you did it was fine, but don't ever try to 
draw comparisons on what's going on now versus what went on years ago. You know, just just say, you know, it was nice what we did it, but give guys credit. It's like, it's like Babe Ruth. I mean, you know, Babe Ruth was a, was a great hitter and all, and now you guys say, well, you know, we were better than they were. It's not, first of all, it's not important. <laughs> what's yeah, important yeah. is what's the fact that, you know, you did what you did when you did it. And you just have to let it go. Huh? Well, the game's changed too. I mean, I, the, you know, three point line and you, know, you hit it right players. on the head. Yeah. yeah, and there's so many. The thing about the Warriors though, they have such character. I mean, Draymond Green is the emotional leader. You got the Splash Brothers with Curry and Thompson, and the guy that I find really intriguing is Andre Iguodala, yeah, who is yeah. uh, such a tough defender. I mean, the other night, uh, as we speak, he's getting ready to. The Warriors are getting ready to play Oklahoma City, and. They're going to miss him in all probability because he's got a hamstring problem, and, they, and he's the guy that really kind of puts the clamps on, on Kevin Durant. I mean, he reminds me, Al, in some respects of some of the old-style uh, defensive-oriented uh, type of players. Again, not to make comparisons. Don't, don't make comparisons. Don't make compar- Al but, does not like comparisons. <laughs> yeah, but, but there is a certain quality of <laughs> his. Thing, yeah. What you have to do is when you put a team together, you have to put all the pieces in place. It's like it's like if you, if you have a car, if there's one important piece of that car that doesn't work, the car's not going to work. So what happens is when you put a team together, you have to put all these pieces together and everybody has to take their position as a very, very important clog of the overall situation. And that's why they're good. I mean, you have, you know, like Draymond Green, like I was reading an article today about him where where just some people were saying, well, he gets too emotional. Well, his emotion probably makes him the player that he is. Sure. You don't want to step on that emotion. Yeah. You don't want to suppress that. That's something yeah, exactly. that's, that's a yeah. valuable asset, isn't it? Yeah. What happens is you, you, you take all that. And, it's, you know, if you put a car together and you don't have brakes, you're not going to be able to stop that car. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> that so what happens is the same thing with a team. You know, you're going to have an emotional guy. You're going to have a guy who, who really does this and does that. But when you put it all together and you put all the pieces together, that's the way the team works. Yeah, it was interesting. Draymond the other night, uh, I guess, blew up in, in the locker room and, and uh, was really... something about that. Yeah, he really, you know, he's ripping his teammates because they were playing poorly against Oklahoma City, and then later, you know, the team comes out and wins the game in overtime, and he apologizes guess, for it. Yeah. But as you said, Al, I think you, you can't suppress that kind of emotion because that's, well, that's who he is. Well, the most important thing about that, I think, is that the players all understand it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those of us who are outside the situation, and I don't mean me personally, I'm just talking about people who are outside, and they hear something like that and say, oh, no, he blew up, he did this, but they don't understand that his teammates understand it. And what happens is they understand that the only reason he's doing that is because he thinks it's necessary to get the team on the right track. Well, they, you know, they live, they quote, live with him all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. That's my point. And yeah. Those of us who don't live with him, like you say, all the time, they think, oh, boy, he's really blowing up. But they don't understand. The teammates understand. They, they, they suppress it. They go, you know what? That's, that's him being who he is. Hmm. Listen, if they have one more episode like that, his mom's going to come in and give a, <laughs> give a talk. <laughs> and then, then all hell's going to break loose. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you this from personal experience. I'll tell you this from personal experience. I grew up in Newark, Madison Square Garden, like I said. Uh, the Empire State Building, I can see from my my, my third room, my third uh, grade classroom. And I remember I uh, we were playing in Madison Square Garden, and my mother and father came to the game. I got into a little scuffle with somebody. I came down and she said, who was that getting into a scuffle down there? And I said, it was me. 
And she said, I didn't read, I didn't read. Amazing. <laughs> and Edmund, what do you think I said to her? I'm sorry, Mom. I'll never do it again. <laughs> never do it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did it a few times, though. You, you were so mild-mannered, but when you got on the court. She was that again. <laughs> I was going to say, Al, when you got on court sometimes, you know, it was almost like this this different Al kind of, I, I guess that was like, Tom Sherry was that way, too. I understand. Well, I think what happened to me was different than Tom. See, guys used to try to take advantage of guys who were smaller than they were. Mm. And I, I, see, the one thing that they didn't understand, if a guy is six foot eight, tries to take advantage of a guy six foot or six foot one, and he loses that battle, that's going to live with him forever. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Guy six foot one doesn't. Nobody's going to say much to him if he gets beat by a guy six. Yeah, so I wasn't really yeah. too concerned. Mm. But but then I also didn't have too much of a concern because there was a guy who was backing me up, who was about seven foot. I remember Bill King, the, the, the late great warrior announcer, used to call Al the Destroyer. But Al is, is so mellow now. He sits at midcourt along with the media upstairs and watches the game. And I get the feeling, Al, when you're watching these Warriors play, that you're having as much fun, if not more fun, than anybody sitting in that audience today. Well, well i tell you why. Because it's a pleasure to see how the game has changed. I mean, years ago, uh, and I'm going way back now, there was always, you know, some confrontation going on and whatever, and you, and everybody was concerned about their own bailiwick and whatever. And now you see a group of young people playing the game the right way, so to speak. For, for instance, when I, when I played, <clears throat> and then later on when I coached, we were always concerned about somebody trying to take advantage of our best player. And our best player had to be Rick. And and you're always on pins and needles and somebody's going to try to take advantage of him and get him out of the game. So you always, you know, you don't see that now. You know, yeah. you, don't, you don't see the confrontations that we had back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but see, back then, uh, in, in in your day that you're talking about in the, in the 70s, uh, there were really, what, there weren't really any penalties or fines. I mean, unless it was so <laughs> egregious, right? Mm-hmm. Well, well, I know for a fact. And, because, uh, you know, after the season, you'd meet with guys and they would tell you what, what the what the strategy was. And the strategy was, you know, try to get your their other team's best player out of the game by hook or by crook. And, and you know, they might shake hands and be buddy-buddies during the offseason. But during the season, it was it was Katie bar the door. So yeah. it was like, you know, if, if Rick Barry's our best player, they're going to try to get Rick out of the game. If Nate Thurman's our best player, they're going to try to get him out of the yeah. game. And, and it's not going to be anything illegal, but it's going to be pretty close to it. <laughs> no, no, no Marcus of Queensbury rules, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that was some fun times. I always remember Bill King had it had it out for the officials too when he was doing your play by play, and he'd be sitting right next to you down there on the bench with his uh, with his headset on. And one time, I think during a game, he thought his mic had been turned off, and he screamed some <laughs> choice words at I think it was Earl Strom or somebody, and the mic picked it up. Yeah, I remember. That. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. They also, I remember somebody, Bill told me the story. He said, you know, I've had people come up and say, who is that guy who's always yelling in the yeah. background that, you know, Al Atlas was on the sideline with that deep, you know, bass yeah. voice. Says he sounds like some drunken fool out there. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were always screaming and yelling and making noise, and, and you had that very distinctive voice. Did you get teased about that once in a while? Yeah, but I remember some situations where 
you know, after the season, you you, you we'd have meetings and, and we do and we'd laugh about it with the other team, and the guys would would say, "Well, how many fouls do you have?" Well, well everybody would have six fouls. He said, "No, you only have four fouls." I said, "What do you mean you only have four fouls?" He said, two fouls are going to be taken against Rick Barry. Yeah, extra fouls, and so that means if you got twelve guys on the other team, that means twenty four fouls are going to be taken against Rick Barry. And, 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 and so I said, you know, they're trying to get Rick out of the game. Well, if as a coach, first of all, as a teammate, and then as a coach, it's going to be Katie Bardor before anybody hurt Rick and get him out of the game. <laughs> so so they're going to have to go with me first before they get to Rick. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that was just the but, – but, but it wasn't only the Warriors. It was any team. Sure. I mean, and so that was just the way the game was played now, whether it was right or wrong. I, I don't know, but that was the way it was played. So it was acceptable, and he just dealt with it. Hey, Al, before we let you go, relating to that, one final thought. Your last game, the, the game the Warriors won the championship, 1975, right. yeah. You, yeah, did, you didn't get to watch that because you were kicked out of the game because yeah. you had gone in for that very reason to protect Rick Barry. Tell, well, us, that, tell us that story because oh, Mike Reardon went after Rick Barry. Yeah, yeah you know what? Um, hey, Al, we, unfortunately we have to cut to a break. Tell you what. Stay with us. We'll come back, and you can tell that quick story, okay? Okay. All right. Well, yeah. quick, quick, quick commercial break here. All right. What player holds the record for most strikeouts? In other words, not a pitcher, but mm. he's the guy who struck out oh. in a season during the 1980s. Okay. All right? So which player struck out the most, basically, uh, in the 1980s? Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back with some closing comments, and uh, Al's going to uh, finish off his story. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. 
When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our trivia question. What player holds the record for most strikeouts in a season during the 1980s? I was going to say Bobby Bonds, but that would be more like the 70s. No. Bobby retired. Rob Deere. Oh, that's Nine, right. Yeah, yeah, 186 in 1987 yeah. with the Brewers. Al, tell that story, though, about how you had to protect Rick in the, in the decisive game of the, of the 75 finals against Washington. It was Mike Reardon going after Rick, and you came onto the floor. And, well, it's very, very, very simple. And yeah. Mike was, was, a, was a hard-nosed player. And, uh, you know, back then you just came to play every night. And what happened is the story goes, I heard it from some of the, some of the guys on the Washington team, is that, that he came into the huddle. He said that he was going to do this. He said, but you have to watch out because you know he's coming. And, um, you know, I wasn't out there to fight anymore. I was only out there to protect our players, and Rick had to be our best player, and I just wanted to make sure he stayed in the game. And uh, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't out there to fight anybody because I wasn't a fighter, you know, per se, but I wasn't going to allow anybody to take advantage of our players. And so uh, they, they told me that it would be better if I watched the lane the game in the locker room, but it at least kept Rick on the floor and we won the game. Yeah, of course, Reardon went after Barry with the intention of getting him into a fight, and Rick, you know, fortunately backed off, but Al didn't back off. He was intercepted by Wes Unseld, and there was a, oh. a wild slugging match ensued, but Al, that was really that, you know, that was the high point for you as a, as a coach to be able to, even though you had to watch it on a little TV screen, and the, to see your team win that thing in four games, that was, uh, that was a stunner. <laughs> That's right. Wes Unsell, 6'8", 250 pounds. He and I were very, very friendly. But, but uh, you know, it, it, we, it, we're both competitors, and we wanted to try to win the game. And, unfortunately, we won the game. All right. The Al Adels, thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, nice talking yeah, okay. to you. Okay. All right. All right, guys. Legendary fellow, Al Adels, good guy. And uh, he'll be watching the game with us tonight out at uh, Elkland. Excellent. Okay. Uh, thoughts for the day. Earl Weaver said, the key to winning baseball games is pitching, fundamentals, and three home runs. <laughs> uh, three run homers. Oh, three run homers yeah, always that's, help. That's yeah. What, yeah. yeah. And Billy Jean King said, tennis is a perfect combination of violent action taking place in an atmosphere of total tranquility. Mm. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective, giving away more free vacations for answering sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best. Good night, America. We'll see you next week. So long.